would you take your Bible, open it up with me this morning to uh, Genesis 13 as we continue the series that we've been on, uh, learning from the tes o testimonies of Old Testament men and women. And this morning we're going to look at the testimony of Lot. One of the things that we've seen as we've looked at the testimonies of different men and women in the Old Testament is that Paul says they are all written for our instruction. Some of them teach us vital truths in our relationship and a growing relationship with Jesus. Some of them are encouragement to, to our walk with the Lord. And some of them are given as a warning to us about spiritual danger. Well, the testimony of Lot would fall in that latter category of being a warning to us. For if Lot were here today and he was to give his testimony, he would give to men three warnings about how to lose your family. Second Peter 2.7 says that Lot was a righteous man. He was a saved man. But he makes some horrendous decisions that cost him his family. Let's just learn from Lot. If Lot were here with us today, the first thing that he would tell us in his testimony, that if you want to lose your family, Focus on finances instead of family. You find that in Genesis 13. It, it really is the story of, 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 of the separation of Abraham and Lot. When God called Abraham out of Ur of Chaldee and gave him a promise that he would bring him to a promised land, a land that would be given to his inheritance and through which the Messiah would come, that land that we know as Israel. And as he left of Ur of Chaldee just to follow the Lord daily, his nephew Lot came with him. And God blessed Abraham because of his obedience, so that the, the herds of Lot, Abraham and Lot increased. Their sheep, their cattle, their camel. In fact, they became so great that there was no one place where a pasturage could be for all of their animals. So their, their herdsmen began to fight with one another, and Abraham comes to Lot, and says, uh, the land can't support both of us. And there doesn't need to be any real hostility between us, so you just look out wherever you want to go. And if you go to the right, then I'll go to the left. If you go east, I'll go west. And that led to Lot's decision. I want you to read with me about that decision. It starts in verse 10. It says, And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw that 
the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere like the garden of the Lord, like Eden, like the land of Egypt in the direction of Zor. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself the, the valley, uh, the Jordan Valley, and, and Lot journeyed east. Now, this looks like a great decision as far as finances are concerned. He surveyed out all of the land. And he says, here in the northern part of the Jordan Valley, there is lustness like nowhere else. My, my uh, herds are going to uh, prosper, and I'll be richer, and I'll, I'll have even greater uh, a treasure if I go in this direction. And so the decision that he makes is good for finances, but it's going to prove fatal for family because it goes on and it says that Lot chose for himself the Jordan Valley and Lot journeyed east and, and, and they separated from one another. Abraham settled in the land of Cana and Lot settled among the cities of the valleys and moved his tent as far as Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. Lot didn't take that into consideration. All he could see were dollar signs in his eyes. I mean, this is the decision that he makes, that he's going to focus on his own success and not the success of his family. Now listen to me. Men, God has given to you the responsibility of work. You are to be the provider for your family. But there is a, 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 a fine line between the responsibility that God has given and irresponsibility when it comes to finance. One of them is not working at all. Paul would write to the Thessalonians and says that if any man will not work and if he will not take care of the needs of his family, he has denied the faith and he's worse than a reprobate. So there is the man who will not work and take care of his family's needs. On the other hand is the man who becomes totally absorbed in his work and in his financial success, that he becomes a workaholic and he ignores the needs of his wife and his children. I've known men who said, well, you know, I work hard the way that I do, because I want my children to have all of the stuff that I didn't have growing up. Men, can I tell you, your children need you more than they need stuff. Because if you get so absorbed in your financial and vocational success that you ignore quality time 
with your family. You're going to wound their hearts and you're going to alienate them away from you. That's what happened with Lot. He just got absorbed in success that he would bring his family into a dangerous place. The second thing that that Lot would tell us if we want to lose our family, not only focus on finance and not on family, he would tell us, expose your family to wicked men and godless philosophies. Here in Genesis 3, or 13, Lot makes the decision and he pitches his tents toward Sodom. He gets near Sodom. But when you get over to Genesis 19, Lot has moved into Sodom. In fact, when the two angels come from the Lord to warn Lot, of the impending judgment of God upon this great and grossly wicked city of Sodom and its sister city of Gomorrah, it says that Lot was sitting at the gate. He's moved into Sodom now. And, 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 and 2 Peter 2, 7 says he was a righteous man and his soul was greatly distressed at the sensual wickedness of that city. And yet while his soul was distressed, some strange things happen. He makes some compromises with what vexed his soul. So much so that he becomes a political leader in Sodom. That picture of setting at the gate. For those that have the position of power and authority to determine who comes in and who goes out. It's like he's on the board and alderman of Sodom. And later on when the Sodomites come to his house and they want to take the two angels and work their perversion upon them. It's Lot who calls them the Sodomites. Brothers, don't do this. And so he lived in the midst of these wicked people and their godless philosophy. It grieved his heart, but he compromises to get ahead. And you read the story and what he compromised with, his family became comfortable with. And soon his wife and his two daughters will adopt the thinking of Sodom. In fact, his daughter-in-law are going to become engaged to two men of Sodom. And so, so Lot has exposed his family, and now they are ingrained into Sodom, and Sodom becomes ingrained into them. Man, let me just give you some warnings of some things, spiritual dangers that if you commit will cause you your family. We, we laughed at that 
video of the dad, and he was saying all of these things, just the opposite of what we expect the dad to say. But I want you to know, if, if you do not monitor what is watched in your home, you're opening your family to adopting pagan philosophy. The great, great influencers on thought today are TV, the movies, and the internet. And I want you to know the bulk of what, we, what passes off as primetime uh, movies, or primetime TV, and the movies today promote aggressively a godless, wicked lifestyle. And if your children and your wife are exposed to this night after night after night, and then they go to the movies and they hear the same message, and you give them unfettered access to the Internet, you never monitor what is watched, and, 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 and don't be surprised if your children adopt the mentality of continual exposures to wicked living and godless philosophies. I've heard men say, well, you know, I, I don't check my children's internet because I, I respect their privacy. Can I tell you something, men? The only privacy that needs to be in your house needs to be when they go to the bathroom. Other than that, in our house, there is no privacy. It's my house. I pay the bill. They live under my authority, and they need to know whatever they watch, wherever they go, I'm going to find out about it. You need to realize that, that, that they carry in their pockets access to a world that you and I are horrified with. And if you're not opening up their phone, and if you're not checking where they're going, who they're talking to, what they're saying on social media, you just open your children up to ungodly influence. You open your children to ungodly influence if you are not aware of and careful about who they see and run with as friends. Who your daughters date, who your sons go around with, who's your wife's best friend. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Be not deceived, bad company corrupts morals. I, I, I'll never forget when my my uh, brother-in-law died tragically young, but, but Ronnie, one of my best friends, Ronnie was about this tall. I mean, he's a short guy. And, uh, and, and so he came in to uh, ask my dad if he could marry uh, my sister Linda. Now, my dad is an intimidating guy. I mean, my dad can give you a look and you wish he would beat you instead of look at you like that. And so Ronnie came in, and Dad was reading the newspaper, and my brother Ed and I were sitting on the other side of the room, and Ronnie comes in, and, and he said, Mr. Dunbar, I need to talk to you. And Dad let down his paper. And I said, what? He said, what is it, son? And uh, Ronnie said, I want to ask for Linda's hand in marriage. 
And my dad picked the paper back up. <laughs> and, and he came down. He said, son, I guess you fall about this. Yes, sir, we, we fall about it. The paper came back up. <laughs> the paper came down. He said, now, son, you can support that little girl, can't you? Yes, sir, I could support her. And he brought the paper back up. And then he brought it down, and he looked at him, and he said, Son, you can marry my daughter, but let me give you a warning. Don't you ever mess up and hurt that little girl. Because if you hurt that little girl, you're going to answer to me. And after you get through answering to me, see, Eddie over there, you're going to answer to him. And when you get through answering to Eddie, you see Donnie over there, you're going to answer to him. What I'm telling you, son, is don't mess up. You know what my dad was simply saying? My daughter is my responsibility. And I'm going to guard her and protect her. But Lot didn't do that. He just exposed his family. The last thing I would warn you with is just being comfortable with compromise in your life because if you let compromise creep into your life and you just live with it I want you to know your children will take it farther than you take it third thing that uh, Lot would warn us about he says if you want to lose your family fail to build into their lives biblical principles to live by it's apparent Lot didn't do that. When the angels came and, and warned Lot about the impending judgment and says, who's in your household? Son-in-law's daughter, wife, get them out. And, and Lot goes to his son-in-laws and he says, leave immediately, judgment is coming. And they thought he was jesting. They laughed at him. I mean, he hadn't lived biblical values. He'd compromised. But now he comes and says, run, and they, 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 you've gone crazy. When uh, Lot gets the warning, he lingers. He just was afraid to give up his success, that the angel has to take his hands, his wife's hands, his daughter's hands, and take them out of the city of Sodom. And he gives this command, go to the mountains and don't look back. And as they are leaving and the judgment begins to fall, Lot's life, wife, the Bible says, is behind him. She's not walking beside him. She's not under the shelter of his love and protection. She is behind him. And she looks back because her heart was in Sodom. Lot hadn't taught her righteousness. Lot hadn't poured the word of God into her. And she loved what God hated. And she turns to a pillar of salt. Lot and his two daughters escape. 
and one of the most heinous sins in all of the Bible is recorded. Lot's two daughters said, well, we've lost our, 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 our hus- future husbands, we lost our mothers, and, 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 and they conspired together two nights in a row, got their, hus- their father drunk, and committed incest with him. Do you think that was biblical truth built into their lives? No. It's because he had abandoned his responsibility that his children will do the most wicked things and they are going to give birth to two pagan nations, the Amorites and the Moabites, two tribes that are going to continually afflict the people of God because of the legacy of a man who didn't build truth into his family. Listen to me. Men, God has given you the responsibility of building biblical truth into your children. Turn, I, you, you need to see this. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Moses is giving uh, his last instructions to the nation of Israel. And, uh, and, and he starts off in verse 1 and says, Now this is the commandment and the statute and the rules that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you that you may do them in the land that you are going uh, over to possess it and that you might fear the Lord your God and that you and your sons and your sons' sons by keeping all of the statutes and the commandments. And then he comes down to verse 4, and here it is. Here is the summation of the Word of God. It's called the Shema, the, the, the heart of God's Word to Israel. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our, our, God, our, our, our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your might. Now listen to what he says. Here's the word to men. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children and talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlet before your eyes and you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Now this is what he's saying, men. He says the word of God is to be, first of all, in your heart. You can't teach anybody what is not real to you. If you're not digging into the Word of God, if you're not saying, precious Holy Spirit, would you open up the truth of the Word to my heart? Would you instruct me? Would you renew my mind? Would would you transform my heart so that I can teach others? He says these words are to be in your heart, and then you teach them diligently to your children. Now listen to me. You need to have your children and your grandchildren in a Bible-believing church. 
You need them in Sunday school. You need them in worship. You need them in vacation Bible school. You need them going to camp. You need them exposed to the teaching of the Word of God. But what happens here at church in the teaching of the Word of God is not enough. Just think about it. How, how many hours a week are your children exposed to TV and the Internet and to peers at school and two hours, three hours a week is not going to counter that 40 hours. Men, you are the front line. The church needs to buttress, support, underscore, draw an exclamation mark behind what God commands you to do. He says, you shall teach them diligently to your children. Men, you are the primary Bible teacher to your family. He says you do it, not just sit down and read it, but you you, you teach them diligently with all of your heart, and, and you, you, do, you talk about it with them when you sit in your house, when you walk in the way. You just illustrate life with the truths of God's Word, with biblical principles. He says, it surrounds your house. It distinguishes who you are in God's plan. But if you abdicate that responsibility, if you're not the primary teacher of your children and your grandchildren, the Word of God, then you're going to be like that foolish man that Jesus talked about at the end of Matthew 7 who built his house on the sand. And when the storm comes, and the storms are always going to come, when the wind blew and the rain beat, Jesus said that foolish man who, who didn't have the foundation of the Word of God built upon the sand, his house fell, and great was the fall of it. Now that's the testimony of Lot. He focused on finance, not family. He exposed his family to godless, wicked people and godless philosophy, and he failed to build biblical truth. Now, I don't want to end like that. I don't want to end with the negative. So I want to take just a few moments, and I want to look at the flip side of the tragic testimony of Lot and what the Bible has to say about how to save your family. There are five commands that are given to men in 2 Corinthians, or 1 Corinthians 16, 13, and 14. Men, I want you to read those out loud with me, would you? Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Men, I wish I could come and sit in your living room and talk to you one-on-one -on -one 
about those five commands. Because they come to the heart of the responsibility that God has given us. He said, Ben, you're to be watchful. You're to be on alert to spiritual dangers that threaten your family. And you're to be the front line of protection. Let me ask you. Mike, I'm sitting at your house. We're just talking about this. Mike, if... Uh, somebody tried to break into your house, would you push over there and shake Cindy and say, would you go see what's going on? <laughs> Can I tell you what I'm going to do? I'm going to jump up. I'm going to hit that lower drawer, my high boy. I'm going to find that pistol, and I'm going to go find out what's going on. Somebody said, would you use it? If somebody threatens my family, I will. Because I love my family more than anything else. And you're the front line of protection against spiritual danger. 1 Peter 5 says that Satan is like a roaring lion. And he's, roar, he's roaming all about it. He's looking for a vulnerable place in your life and he's looking for a vulnerable place in your family where he can launch devastating attacks. And it's your responsibility to be alert to spiritual danger. Whether it's coming from what's happening on the internet, and social media, whether it's happening with wrong kinds of friends, whether it's happening because of start to compromise. I, uh, I meet with, with one of our staff members uh, once a month. Um, first time we met, it was just kind of one of these formal things. He's over one of the areas. And I just looked at him. I said, how are you doing? How are you doing spiritually? He said, you know, you're the first person who's ever asked me that. Everybody's getting stuff from, by, from me. And so we started a relationship, just meeting, and I just asked him what's going on in his life. He came one day. He's got five children. And uh, the second son had come home drunk. He was devastated. I said, who's he been running with? talked about that. He's running with folks. Listen, when you run with, you're unequally yoked with friends, you never bring them up, they always bring you down. And we talked about limitation. We talked about how to develop godly friends for him. And how hard that's going to be because he's, he's already there. You are the line of defense. Be watchful. Be alert. Be firm in the faith. Know the faith. 
and build your family on the Word of God. Teach the faith. Act like men. That literally just means be manly. You be the spiritual leader in your house. You lead them to Jesus. Be strong. Be spiritually strong. I want you to know the task and the temptations are too great for us to do it in our own strength. You better be strong in Jesus if you're going to guard your family. And then fifth, let everything you do be done in love. Let your heart be aflame in love for Jesus, for your wife, and for your children. Love Jesus with all your heart first. Love your wife and give her time, talk, and tenderness. Love your children and pour your life into them. I'm going to tell you, that doesn't mean you won't have any failures, but it'll save your family. Well, there's a promise from the book of Proverbs that if you'll train up a child in the way he'll go, he'll not depart from it when he's old. Men, man up. Man up. Be the man that God created, redeemed, and intended you to be in your home.